Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Financial Issues with Shanna Burt, where we join reality with truth, helping you to make the most of your money by honoring God with your investments. Now, here's your host, Shanna Burt. Good morning. Welcome to Financial Issues. Today is Wednesday, uh, sorry, Thursday, January the 18th, 2024. We're here live back in Studio T. Um, We're still having a little bit of winter in Texas, but um, everything's back open. So our phone lines are open. If you've got a question, give us a call, 610-363-1110. What kind of questions you might ask? Well, questions about the markets, the economy, um, your any kind of personal financial issue that you may be struggling with. Um, give us a call. We'll have an answer for you. 310-363-1110. You can also post questions or comments on social or on our chat at financialissues.org. Let's jump right in today and kick it off with the stewardship verse of the day from Ecclesiastes 12.13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. If you want to hear us dig a little bit deeper into that and you're listening to the short version of the show, you're going to have to either look for it on social media or get the full version of the show on the phone app or over at the website financialissues.org. We've got a lot to cover this morning, so uh, let's get into some economic updates. Well, as Congress starts another Groundhog Day hashing out government spending in efforts to keep the government open, we turn our attention to exactly what they are hashing out. Well, Kentucky Republican Senator Rand Paul released his 2023 annual Festivus report last month. He has identified $900 billion in government waste in last year's budgets. Here's a sampling of some of his findings. 659 B with a a billion with a B for interest on the national debt. That number projected to cross the one trillion mark in short order. Now, you often hear me rant about this on the show. Thirty four trillion dollars in debt. The CBO predicts that our government will spend $5 billion every single day going forward, increasing our national debt by $2 trillion a year into the foreseeable future because they are spending $2 trillion a year more than what they're bringing in in tax revenue. And that will continue to happen if we, the people, don't put a stop to it. You know, we would be putting jail literally if our personal budget looked like the government's because we would not be able to borrow enough money to meet our obligations. And there's one obligation that will land you in jail if you don't meet it, paying taxes to the government so that they can misappropriate our money. We are now robbed of the freedom to squander our own money as we see fit. We must now relinquish that decision to the government. 
Here's what they're spending it on. $6 million to boost Egyptian tourism. I mean, who can even say with a straight face how in the world that benefits we, the people of the United States of America? Thank goodness, Shanna. Yeah, my goodness. I know. <laughs> what would we do if Egyptian tourism was um, hindered? Oh, what a relief. Right. The National Institute for Health. Remember them and their director, Dr. Fauci, and all of their great consistent research about how to prevent and treat COVID that really saved us from the pandemic and likely had nothing to do with gain-of-function f- research at the Chinese labs. Yeah, them. They received $3.8 million to study COVID-19, quote-unquote, misinformation in black and rural communities. $3.8 million. 477000 for a transgender monkey study. This is real, folks. This is not. That's got to be satire. What? No, not. <laughs> oh my gosh. Also, they received a grant for two point seven million dollars to continue a study involving Russian cats walking on a treadmill. Thirty-eight million dollars in pandemic relief funds. It has been determined were paid to dead people. Thirty-eight million. $200 million was awarded by the Small Business Administration to some of the bigness, biggest names in entertainment. The so-called small business owners, such as Post Malone, Lil Wayne, Chris Brown, Smashing Pumpkins, they all received about $10 million each. Even Nickelback received $2 million. Thank God that our government is using God's money to keep those God-fearing recording artists from going out of business. Yeah. <laughs> We also bought the Defense Department an $8,395 lobster tank to improve the diets of military personnel. I guess that was to make up for forcing them to sacrifice their health care freedoms to take an experimental shot to protect them from a virus that most healthy, fit people can recover from through the power of their own God-given immune system with the assistance of some vitamins, minerals, and rest, and maybe some really cheap medicine that people have already been using for decades and was already approved by the FDA. And I used to be on social media. (laughs) 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 But um, we've spent hundreds of billions of dollars for the NIH and the WHO to figure out what to do, so we were probably right to listen to them. Maybe I'm back on now. So don't forget all of the important push for DEI, the Department of Homeland Security's Cyber Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, who has plenty of time to work on DEI since there is no real cybersecurity attacks bombarding our country to take down corporations or maybe even our electrical grid. Well, CISA has been using our hard-earned money to... Um, remitted to the government in the form of taxes to federally fund creative workshops that teach employees, quote, effective strategies to build and sustain psychological safety that allows individuals to show up to work as their authentic and best selves. Their workshop was part of a five-year diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility strategic plan, in case you didn't know what DEI is. After all, they really need a break in coping skills to break up their highly important work to suppress 
protected speech on social media platforms during the COVID-19 pandemic and their duties in writing two graphic novels about the disinformation as part of their, quote, resilience series covering, you ready for this, foreign interference in elections, and the second book covers COVID vaccines. Well, Rand Paul even um, satirically commented, even as I, even I was censored at the behest of our government speech minders, and all while I thought I was being my best self. <laughs> I guess he, he attended that workshop. I don't know. This ridiculous is not exclusive to last year's budget. The federal government is set to spend $700,000 on trans-inclusive sex ed for 14-year-olds. Yes, the Department of Health and Human Services was recently awarded a $700,000 tax-generated grant to support pregnancy prevention programs for young girls who identify as boys. Can somebody just tell them that Two girls having sex can't get pregnant. I mean, isn't that pretty commonly, pretty common information? But the HHS justified the award on the grounds that uh, heteronormative sex education for children is inadequate. The almost $700,000 grant for the Center for Innovative Public Health Research will fund programs through June of 2027. And their objective is to create an inclusive teen pregnancy program for transgender boys. Here's a great pregnancy prevention strategy that the government should would have to spend $0 on. Let parents... And churches teach their kids that the God who created them made them male and female and that sex should be reserved for the marriage bed. I bet that would stop a lot of um, premature pregnancies. Friends, this has to stop and we the people have to make it stop. Well, rant over. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more financial issues after this short break. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Financial Issues. Hey, our phone lines are open if you've got a question. 610-363-1110. Well, we did get a funny comment there on social. Seth, you want to share? Yeah, this was fantastic. Might be the comment of the year so far. Royce from Ohio says, I work in the local government. I can tell you that the federal government is offering $100,000 grants to local public health agencies for overcoming vaccine hesitancy, Shanna. So well, thank goodness we have that in our federal government. My gosh. Yeah. Meanwhile, in Florida, their Surgeon General comes out strong on um, what they're doing with the vaccine there. I don't want to, you know, um, misrepresent the facts in any way, but check that out. Yeah. Um, I watched an interview that he did, and he's pretty adamant that... Um, I bet Florida won't be taking any of that federal money to push the vaccines. Oh, no. no. Absolutely. And if anyone cares to know, as of right now, we're still on YouTube. So who knows (laughs) what the rest of the show will look like. But Right. Right. Well, on Wednesday, the major market indices continue downward as the U.S. Treasury yields continue to trend upward. On concerns that stronger than expected retail sales report that recently came out may impact the timing and the intensity of the rate cuts that the market expects this year. By the end of Wednesday, the Dow was down a quarter of a point, the S&P down a little over half a point, and the NASDAQ as well down almost six-tenths of a point. This was the third uh, day of of, uh, losses, third straight day of losses for the major indices. Uh, The pre-markets have kind of been all over the place this morning. They were off to a positive start after a rough few days, but then they lost steam after a stronger-than-expected weekly jobs report came out this morning. And then um, they now seem to be moving back. Uh, S&P and the NASDAQ are both indicating positive opens, with the NASDAQ indicating a positive open of almost eight-tenths of a point up. The NASDAQ, though, still indicating a negative open, but not near as bad as it was um, just a short time ago. So we'll continue to watch that. We'll we'll, we'll bring that um, information to you as it becomes available, but we'll also help you keep it in the right context. So here at Financial Issues, we put forth a biblically responsible investment strategy that you can follow. It's a long-term strategy. You don't have to be worrying about what the markets, how the market's moving, um, pre-market, uh, when the market's closed during the day. You're not going to be, we're not going to encourage you to be a trader. We're going to encourage you to be a long-term investor and more importantly, to honor God in the way that you invest by screening out companies that like the government are misusing your money <laughs> to support dark agendas. Well, here's a teachable moment. Um, and maybe we just go back to the basics for just a minute because you hear us talk a lot about stocks and the markets and um, 
bond yields and things like that. And then you hear uh, Craig Halgert later on during the show talk about commodities like food. Um, so what are these different types of investments and how do we how do we use them? Uh, how do we what do we consider a healthy use of them in a biblically responsible portfolio? Well, very simply, a stock is an ownership type of investment. So when you purchase shares of a stock, you are purchasing a propor- proportional share of ownership in a publicly traded companies. Uh, so these shares can be sold in one of two ways in an IPO or an initial public offering or most often they are purchased on a secondary market from other people who are wanting to sell their shares. Stock comes in two different flavors, I guess you would say, common stock and preferred stock. So common stock is um, uh, the, the type of stock that you most often hear about. They just represent, they're just regular shares of a company. They have the ability to increase in price. They also have the ability to decrease in price based on what's happening with the company. And of course, the value in stock as a worst case scenario can totally plummet to zero if the company completely fails. Now, preferred stock is kind of a, a hybrid. It is sold like stock, but it works more like a bond, which we'll get to in just a second. So it's uh, it's traded in shares and it has an interest rate that you that generates income for you. And then um, sometimes those shares can be called back to the company if they want to pay off that the, the debt that they um, have represented by the preferred shares or they can um, um, just leave them out there for as long as they want to. Now, in stocks, you make money in one of two ways or both. You can receive dividends. Now, a company will issue a dividend. Typically, when the company is making a profit, they will return value to shareholders in the form of a per share dividend. So that's how you share in the company's profit. You can also um, make money in stocks by price appreciation of the share. Now, long term, what drives price appreciation is is a successful company. So when management is executing a successful business plan, they're making wise use of debt, they're making a good product or service, their sales are increasing, they're watching their expenses, they're being diligent to use the resources of the company in a good way to make money. That is how um, that is how you can make money in stocks. Bonds, on the other hand, are loanership type of investments. So bondholders are creditors of companies, governments, or municipalities. You make money uh, primarily through interest. You let a company, government, or municipality borrow your money for a set time period, and you get a promise that they're going to give it back at some future date that is stated. And in the meantime, they pay you a fixed stream of income that um, that you can spend. You can also, uh, values of bonds can also be volatile. Interest rates will definitely affect bonds because bonds can be bought and sold on the secondary market. So if someone is willing to sell theirs and you want to buy one, you could get a, a bond that is paying a higher interest rate or a lower interest rate than what the current going rate is. And you'll, um, 
make that kind of uh, smart to do by the price of by what you pay for the bond. So interest rates definitely do affect prices of bonds. Commodities are raw products like food, metals, um, gold, silver, um, corn, wheat, those kind of things. The hard commodities are things like the metals that we see, oil, um, gold, metals. The soft commodities are what you hear Craig Halgert talk about, the um, wheat, corn, um, pork bellies, um, beef, all of those things. Commodities can be purchased for delivery, you know, by people who would process them or sell them or by contract. So they can be traded. So our strategy primarily involves stocks and bonds. Um, you know, we we don't really have, there are some companies that we have on our list that are very active in the commodities market and process and sell, sell commodities. Um, but we focus mostly on the stocks and bonds portion, those asset classes for our strategy. Now, the most important thing that we determine or that the, the most important factor when determining whether or not we're going to own any stock or bond is whether or not it's biblically responsible. So that is the most healthy use of stocks and bonds. When we own something with God's money, we want to make sure that it's not funding an agenda that God detest. So um, if you want to follow along with our strategy, you can find out more about it at financialissues.org and you can become a partner of this ministry. This ministry is very heavily funded by partnerships and by listeners who just um, donate money. You can do either one by going to financialissues.org and um, You'll see lots of information there about our strategy. And for just $132 a year, you'll be able to get access to all of the partner information that, by the way, is not available to the general public. So we hope that you will check that out. Well, I don't know if we have time here to go over the World Economic Forum <laughs> Davos meeting updates yet, but I'll try. We'll see uh, I think my clock's jumping, jumping around. We still got about yeah, three minutes. Yeah, we got time about three minutes, Jenna. Okay. Perfect time for a nice short rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, Javier Malay, I hope I'm saying that right. That's Argentine, Argentina's newly elected president. Can't believe they gave that guy the mic, but I guess that's how they practice inclusion. He yeah, called Shanna, out. And it was it was it was especially after that witch that came on. Did you see that? It was crazy. No, I Cra didn't. Yeah, crazy late. Anyway, continue. <laughs> he called out the West for abandoning freedom in favor of collectivism, which is really kind of the goal of the World Economic yeah. Forum. And he said that the West is doing this to the peril of their citizens. So he is a conservative president who's newly his, who's just been elected. He's been compared a lot to Donald Trump. Um, and he said that those who are meant to defend the values of the West have been co-opted by a vision of the world that uh, leads to socialism and therefore poverty. He argued that free market capitalism is the only ethical antidote to poverty. Well, I hope you sensed my sarcasm there because I couldn't agree with him more. But like I said, I can't believe they gave him the, the mic in the stage at the World Economic Forum. Um, Iran's foreign minister spouted anti-Israel rhetoric and threatened 
that the axis of resistance against Israel and its interest will cease only when Israel ends the war against Hamas, a war, by the way, that they didn't start. Anthony Blinken was pressed on this same issue by a reporter asking whether he considers the lives of Jews in Israel to be more valuable than those in in Palestine. And he, he of course, said war is horrible and no. And then he went on to kind of reverse course and say, hey, they didn't even start this war, which I'm surprised that the Biden administration is still at least paying lip service to support of Israel. Uh, The director of the World Health Organization warned us that we should prepare for disease X, which, by the way, COVID-19 was considered the first disease X. So interesting stuff there. Um, The U.N. chief Antonio Gutierrez also lamented about climate change and some of their other um, issues like the power-hungry globalist, giving every reason why everyone needs to unite under the new world order to fight off the effects of climate change and evil evil Terminator-like robots who will take over the world. Well, if you're listening on a a station that only carries the 30-minute version, we have to bid you a farewell. If you want to catch the full show and the stewardship verse later on, go to financialissues.org slash live or download the FISM phone app. For the rest of you, we'll be back with more financial issues right after this break. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Securities offered through GA Repl and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only, and do not necessarily represent those of GA Repl or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. Thanks for sticking with us here at Financial Issues. It's been a lively show, but our phone lines are open. 610-363-1110. We want to help you wade through any financial issues you may be struggling with from a biblical world view that we have here at the ministry. We believe that God owns everything and everything that we sh- we do should be structured with that knowledge, including our investments. Well, the markets have opened and the NASDAQ opened strong up about 1%. The S&P is up four tenths of a percent and the Dow has uh, opened a little bit negative, but not as negative as it was indicating in the pre-markets. Folks, I hope that you will continue to pray for Israel and that you'll get the latest updates by watching FISM News that comes on daily on FISM.TV, or you can also catch it on YouTube. (coughs) Is it on Rumble, too? And Uh, I believe the news, I I, I don't know if the live stream is on Rumble, Shannon, but it is definitely on YouTube. We should get it on uh, Rumble, though, for sure. 
better chance of free speech, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. Well, here's a couple of updates. A shipment of medicine for Israeli captives held by Hamas was en route to Gaza on Wednesday morning. Israel, uh, Israel and Hamas agreed to allow the delivery as a result of mediation efforts by French and Qatari negotiators. This marks the first agreement between the warring sides since Israel agreed to a week-long ceasefire in November to secure hostage releases. Israel agreed to the latest deal to allow more aid deliveries to Gaza residents in exchange for the medicine. The U.S. announced on Tuesday that it seized Iranian weapons bound for Houthi rebels in Yemen um, used in ongoing Red Sea attacks. And the Biden administration, I believe it says uh, the the latest update, I think, is that they have decided to redesignate Iranian backed Houthis as a specifically designated global terrorist group. Security of Anthony Blinken removed the Houthis from that list in 2021. So the U.S. government, namely the unelected bureaucrats at the Treasury Department and FinCEN, are working hard on their skills to identify terrorists. The Biden administration was a little unsure about the Houthis. You know, they were Iranian-backed terrorists, then they weren't, now they are again. Well, you know what else they're working on improving, the government? Their ability to sniff out domestic extremists. According to Fox Digital and a story that recently broke um, about alarming surveillance, the gist of the story tells me that Americans who love God, guns, and Trump are being sought out and labeled as extremists. The article uh, details that part of a, as part of a January 6th investigation, federal investigators were asked were asking banks to search the private banking transaction data of their customers for keywords like MAGA and Trump, for also for transactions related to the purchase of books like religious text, Bible, ring a bell, and subscriptions to media containing extremist religious views. Well, FinCEN, which is the um, agency that investigates financial crimes, distributed slides to banks to show them how to query their customers' banking transactions for MCC codes like 3484 for small arms or 5091 for sporting and recreational goods and supplies. And they also asked them to look for keywords like Cabela's, Dick's Sporting Goods, Bass Pro Shop, and others. And they were even prompting the banks to search their customers' Zelle payment messages for keywords. Now, the House GOP is investigating Bank of America for voluntarily giving the FBI a list of customers who made transactions in and around uh, D.C. between January 5th and 7th. Now, Jim Jordan is pushing back on this. And he said that their committee has obtained documents that show that the FBI personnel, including Sullivan, made, quote, made contact with and provided Bank of America with specific search query terms indicating that it was that it was interested in all financial relationships of Bank of America customers transacting in Washington, D.C. and customers who had made any historical purchase of a firearm 
or who had purchased a hotel, Airbnb, or online uh, airline travel within a given date range. So folks, if we don't get some serious changes in leadership in D.C., this election cycle, get ready. I hope you're prepared to defend your God-given rights and your love of God, guns, and the freedom to vote for whichever person you believe is most fit to run our country without being labeled as an extremist or domestic terrorist. It's important, folks. We got to vote. Amen. Well, we don't have any calls yet. If you if you got questions for us or you want to chime in on any of this stuff that we've been talking about today, 610-363-1110, you will be the first caller in the queue while we're waiting for some calls. What's happening on social? <laughs> a lot of stuff, Shanna. People are loving the uh, World Economic Forum commentary. You got a great one here from Brian. I love this. Brian from Missouri saying, we see your great reset and raise you with a great awakening. <laughs> Amen, Amen, brother. There you go. That's what we need. <laughs> And then Richard, I don't know if you folks follow the Babylon Bee, great uh, satirical news site, but Richard says Babylon Bee sues U.S. government for infringing on its business. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Hey, they ought to make that a class action if we can all get in on it. (laughs) Seriously, I know, I know. Shannon, here's a good question that we got um, from Sherry on Facebook wondering, can or should we buy foundational stocks, whether they're on the buy list or not? What do you think? Well, the rule of thumb is to buy from the buy list. So um, we try to identify good entry points for those uh, foundational stocks. We we try to keep a healthy amount of them on there. But um, you could average down if you need to add to your position to bring it up to target. But no, I wouldn't. Um, it's kind of buyer beware, you know, do your own research. Don't assume that just because they're on the broad list that they are um that they are good to buy at the moment. So we, we identify the best of the best and put that on the buy list. Awesome, Shanna. Let's squeeze in a ask Shanna question here before the ag report. Walt is 58. He's saying, I've been a partner for several years following the Timothy model because I didn't feel confident enough to use the investment model. I believe now I have the confidence and time to use the investment model. So what's the best way to transition from Timothy to the investment model? Well, the best way to do it, and, and let me just give you a word of caution um, before you do it. I don't know if you have A shares or I shares in the mutual funds, but A or I or C C shares has to do with the cost structure of mutual funds. Mutual funds are intended to be long-term investments. And if you buy A shares, you pay an upfront sales charge. And that does impact the um, the return on your mutual funds if you're going to own them short-term. So, uh, I, I don't like the idea of paying an upfront sales charge and then, um, you know, trading your fund out or switching strategies. Um, <clears throat> so you should be aware of the cost associated there. You should try to exchange anything that you have. If you're switching over to the investment model, um, look at the funds that are still on that strategy and try to, you know, rearrange with an exchange there. Um, then you want to use the portfolio tracker to identify the um, sectors that you need you need to add. So um, use new or undeployed money to, to build the rest. So if it's something that you're adding to, um, restructure, especially if you paid uh, commission 
where those A shares. Try to use those in your model the best that you can. If you if you bought I shares, then it's a it's kind of a different story, and you can just use the tracker to transition. Well, folks, here comes Craig Halger to talk about those commodities uh, with the Ag Report. After that, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more financial issues. This is Craig Halgaard with your Financial Issues Ag Update for January 18th. Well, corn saw the March and May futures hit new life of contract lows as soft demand and anticipation of large production from South America pressured the market lower. An analyst from the Rosera Grain Exchange in Buenos Aires says that the Argentinian corn production is likely going to rise from its current estimate of 59 million metric tons. At the close, we had March corn opinion a quarter lower at 442 and a quarter. Soybeans were pressured by good South American weather and aggressive fund selling. Now, the new U.S. export business remains slow, and our window's closing as new crop South American stocks are soon going to be undercutting U.S. beans when South American harvest gets started in the coming weeks. Yesterday's close had the March beans 21.5 cents lower as they settled at 12.05 and three quarters. Wheat continues to grind lower as weak U.S. exports and little demand are on the horizon. Chicago performed the best yesterday as fears over the lack of snow cover coupled with frigid temperatures led to the possibility of some damage to the soft red winter wheat crop. At the close, Minneapolis March wheat was 10.5 cents lower, 6.80 and a quarter. Kansas City dropped by 7.5 cents to close at 5.94. Well, Chicago was a half cent higher at 5.82 and a half. Cotton futures just continue to chop sideways. Yesterday's close had the March futures 37 points higher at 81.70. Livestock futures all showed a little bit of strength. April live cattle were 45 cents higher at $175.62.5 per hundredweight. March feeder cattle rose by 95 cents to settle at $229.77.5 per hundred. While April lean hog futures were 40 cents higher, ending the session at $77.97.5 per hundredweight. Class 3 milk futures just seem like they can't get any traction. I guess once again they struggled with the February futures two cents lower, ending the day at 1571. Well, this has been Craig Haugard with your Financial Issues Ag Update. We'll be right back with more financial issues after this. never been a more important time than the present. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program. Welcome back to Financial Issues for the home stretch of the program for today. And we especially want to welcome the many new partners that have joined us in the last few months from listening on CSN. So we are overjoyed to welcome you into the Financial Issues family. And if you're hearing this part of the show, it means that you found our website or a social media platform and that you've or our phone app and you're listening there. Very important to do that, to know where our website is and to get the phone app because you know, stations can change. The outlets that you hear us on or watch us on are always subject to change, either because, you know, we've made decisions to do that or maybe these stations make decisions to do that. So um, avoid being without us and get the phone app. Our stewardship verse today comes from Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Well, this made me think of all of those theorists out there. I don't want to call them conspiracy theorists because some of them have some really good um, evidence for believing what they believe. 
But there are people who pour over all of the data that's out there and all of the happenings around the world. They're always looking to me very tired and very stressed from trying to get everything figured out, which the verse prior to this one kind of warns us against. I have to admit that I start to feel this way from time to time because I find myself doing those very things, pouring over all of the data, looking at what's happening in the world, trying to figure things out for the partners, for our strategy and how we can uh, be good stewards. So sometimes I'll be praying for insight and God will give me wisdom instead. He will remind me that it is not my job to figure everything out because he has already done that. He also gently reminds me that since he knows it all and is sovereign over it all, and most importantly, because he loves me, that I can just focus on loving him back and obeying him um, and all will go well for me. (laughs) Maybe not in my eyes, but through an eternal perspective, all will go well for me. The author of Ecclesiastes sums up our whole duty and purpose as humans in this. Fear God, that means to worship Him with all filled reverence, knowing that He is God and everything belongs to Him. And secondly, do what He tells us to do. And the author ends with a reminder, the same reminder that we end every show with, the reminder that we will give an account for everything that we've done, even the things that we think no one else knows about or remembers. My hope and comfort is that all of the bad things that I've done will be hidden or covered by the blood of Jesus. My sin has already been judged and Jesus has taken the punishment that I deserve so that I can enter eternity as a blameless, perfect child of God, ready to receive every good gift that the Lord has stored up for me. If you don't know that same blessed assurance about where you will spend eternity, check out our resources tab. Go to financialissues.org, click on resources, and then click on do you want to know God? And you can have that same blessed assurance that we have here at the ministry and is the reason for everything that we do here. Seth, did you want to weigh in? Yeah, it's great stuff, Shanna. Yeah, check out that resources tab, folks. It's the reason we're here. You know, Shanna, I was thinking about this. You can be the most successful, generous, hardworking, philanthropic, kind, nice person in the world. But if you don't feel God, if you don't fear God and keep his commandments, does it even matter? I mean, mm-hmm. in the final analysis, it doesn't. You know, in everything we do, whether it's being a good steward, good parent, faithful employee, all that stuff, we've we've got to fear God first and keep his commandments first. And if we do that, I believe we will be immensely successful and God will look at us and say, well done. And that's the best prize we can receive. Amen. Yeah. Well, if you want to hear more Bible teaching, uh, tune in Friday morning. You can also find this on the resources tab under the the Bible study. And you can hear Seth talking about uh, teaching from first Timothy. Seth, I'll let you tell him what you're going to be talking about. Sure, Shannon. First Timothy chapter three, verses one through three, we'll look at the qualifications for elders. So those overseers of the church of God, faithful, godly men who've been called to pastor and shepherd and preach the uh, word of God. It's going to be really good stuff. And even though this is directed at those who've been called to the pastorate, Shanna, those of us who have not been can take a lot of application from this as well. So it'll be good stuff tomorrow morning. Resources tab, join our Bible study. The phone number's right there. Access code as well. Can't wait. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we've got a call. Let's get to John. John's calling us from Alabama. Hi, John. You're live on Financial Issues. 
Hey, Santa. We uh, have a BDA account, and we took some money out yesterday. A, a CD didn't have enough money in the BDA account to pay the taxes on it. So we were just wondering on how to do it. We have money to pay it outside the BDA, so uh, and it's in the Fidelity account, if that makes a difference. What what should we do? Well, I would, yeah. So, I mean, it depends on how much money it was and how much money you have withheld throughout the year. So if you typically get money back on your tax return, you may not have a problem. If it was a large amount and it creates a, a huge tax lot or it would create a huge tax liability when you go to do your taxes um, for this year, next year, you may want to discuss with your tax professional professional about making an estimated quarterly payment um, to avoid any kind of penalties that that may come. Yeah, we're not going to pay no penalties. <laughs> Don't want to go that route. Uh, okay, I didn't know if we could just uh, send in some money uh, now and get it over with. Because it's you all, can. We're talking about 27. Okay, we can do that. You can do that. And that's what an estimated quarterly payment is. And you, you should make those if you think that your tax liability is going to be a lot higher than it was in the previous year, and you, you haven't made provision, like you haven't had money withheld. So, Well, we have money withheld from our regular salaries, and, or mine anyways, to pay the taxes. So I just didn't know uh, the ins and outs on it. But yeah, I there's a certain formula, and you, you probably want to have a, a tax person, tax professional, help you figure that out so that you don't have to pay any penalties. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to do that. All right, great. Thank you very much. Y'all have a blessed day, and we appreciate you for what you do. Thank you. Thanks, John. We appreciate you and your partnership as well. Well, we've got a few minutes left. Why don't we see what's happening in social? Sure. Yeah, we could do that, Shannon, for sure. Uh, Leith on Facebook, great comment here, says, I really enjoy Elijah's promo for FISM. I do too, Leith. It's one of my favorite (laughs) promos. Uh, his his beautiful tones did a great job on that one. Is Elijah feeling better? He is feeling better. He's actually okay. standing a couple feet away from me, and he's feeling feeling good today. Not not a hundred percent there, but it's good to have him back. <laughs> so, um, Shannon, here's an interesting comment from Lisa. She's saying, you know, we can't vote out of this mess, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Shannon. Can is it true that we can't vote our way out of this mess, or do we still have hope? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think we have enough time in tonight's <laughs> show to go over that. Well. It depends. If we have free and fair elections, we may be able to. Yeah. But I have concerns, too, that um, generations are negatively impacted by, (laughs) I'm going to use the left's word against them, disinformation. You know, the younger generations have been taught that America is evil. Um, You know, they've been taught critical race theory that that. It's not about the content of your character. It's about the color of your skin. Um, It's kind of reversed on itself. But we've also been, these younger generations are also taught that socialism is the way to go. I mean, that's why migrants are coming here from all over the world. They're not coming to seek asylum. They're coming because America's doing socialism better than any other country, Um, at least for the time being, until uh, we run out of other people's money. So um, 
you know, if we have free and fair elections and if we can talk some sense into the younger generations and to people who have been brainwashed into thinking that government is God and that uh, government needs to redistribute all of the wealth and that capitalism is evil. So um, I don't know. You might be right. But my hope is that that we do have free and fair elections and that people uh, common sense makes a big return and there is a great Amen. awakening um, as somebody mentioned on on social earlier yeah good stuff there shanna we got a time for a question here from marcia in our home state pennsylvania here wondering shanna can you encourage us again when we are overweighted in a sector that we need to take profits i get a little skittish when i need to sell a stock i'm overweighted and when it pays a good dividend what's your advice for that shanna yeah, so the tracker makes it really easy to see if you're overweighted in a particular sector. That's going to draw your attention to analyzing your own that uh, your own holdings in that sector. So then you want to um, look at the diversification within your sector and how many holdings. If you have an adequate number of holdings, if you have between one and three percent of your portfolio in each of the holdings that is in that sector, then you know that makes it a little bit tougher for you. Um, you can take a, an approach where you trim some off of all of the positions or just the most overweighted positions, or you could look through and see how well diversified you are within the sector. And if you have companies that are doing something very similar, then you may want to sell one of those just so that you have, um, you can replace it with something, uh, a part of that sector that, that doesn't, that you don't already well I hear the music that means we have to say goodbye for today well tomorrow is rapid fire Friday we hope that you'll join us early for Bible study and then you'll call in tomorrow with your questions we'll be here live again you can also participate on social media and on financialissues.org in the chat so folks Lord willing we will be here tomorrow for rapid fire Friday to remind you that everything that we have belongs to God. Time is getting short. The master is coming back. When he returns, we want to help you be found good and faithful stewards with everything he's trusted you to manage and being about his business. Come back tomorrow we for more financial we're issues. we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production. You're listening to Financial Issues.